In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Season four. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out of the pit. Back against the wall, never quit. Traversing through each obstacle. Show a non-believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. And that come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt. Been tossed in the trash, but I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. We are back, fresh off a glorious, glorious trip to the birthplace of professional football, Canton, Ohio. This is the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast back with you. It's already August 17th, 2022. Training camp is in full swing, folks. Players are getting cut. Depth charts rearranging as we know it. And injuries, they're happening around just about every single corner. We poke our heads around. Seth Wilcock, Nate Pulvo, and Scott Reinier back with you tonight, guys. We're going to d- dive into everything that's been happening in uh, the NFL the last couple weeks. Antonio Gibson, uh, what, what's up with the punt team? Zach Wilson, is he going to be okay for the season? Kenny Pickett and the boys down here in the Berg slinging it up. We're going to talk all that. We're going to talk preseason DFS betting, um, and we're also going to do some end-of-summer sure things, sleepers of the week. Gentlemen, I feel like I just saw you. Scott, how you doing, man? I know you kind of had a cross-country venture uh, to get back from Canton, my friend. I'm great, man. It was a long trip. It was a 13-hour total trip, but, you know, a bunch chunk of that was just kind of hanging out at the airport, messing around on Twitter, watching movies. So it wasn't too bad. And I got to make that beautiful drive from Canton to Pittsburgh through the countryside again. So that was pretty cool. But no, man, I had a blast at the expo. It was everything. It was advertised and more. It was really fun hanging out with you two and the IBT folks. So now I'm back home and my family is actually still on vacation. So I'm just here by myself, the dogs. So we can go for three or four hours if you want to. (laughs) I don't know if Jen would like that too much, Nate. Well, I mean, tomorrow is Jackson's first full day of kindergarten. So wow. We, wow. We've got a long one tomorrow. He's had two half days the last two days, which has really been like getting back from Canton, having a big workload that I really needed to tackle Tuesday and Wednesday, but he has half days of school. So he's out at a I have like two, we have like two hours to get everything done every day. So I am looking forward to it. I feel behind on everything, but I'm stoked to be here. And Seth, you didn't bring up our modeling shoot in Canton that these people are going to get to see oh so very soon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got some IBT merch dropping, some, some really cool pictures uh, with the Canton backdrop there coming your guys' way here. Hopefully before the season starts. Like Nate, I'm also a little behind on everything right now due to our travels. Um, but we'll be ready to go here in just a couple of weeks. Uh, reminder that the podcast, we are weekly here on out towards uh, through the really probably uh, honestly the Super Bowl at this point. So super excited to be doing that with you guys. Um, a lot of preseason football happened when we were in Canton too. We kind of got to see on some bar televisions. Um, Scott, I'm sure you were kind of catching up on the highlights while you were in the airport on the plane. I was kind of trying to do the same. But so much has happened in the NFL and we're going to get to it all. If this is your first time joining the In Between Fantasy Football podcast, thank you for tuning in tonight. Um, if you enjoy feel good lifestyle advice with fantasy sports analysis, whether that's fantasy football, fantasy golf, fantasy NASCAR, please consider hitting that subscribe button please. on wherever you're, you're uh, watching, guys. YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, the audio version comes out, of course, the next day after the podcast runs. But guys, why don't we go ahead and jump into this headline hijinks? We got a lot to talk about. <laughs> the fear, the doubt, it has been creeping in all offseason. Is Antonio Gibson really going to be the starter, the 101 for this Washington Commanders team? Or no. is rookie Brian Robinson going to take the mantle? 
Is no. J.D. McKissick going to take the mantle as Nate thinks all his underdog teams that he has this year as well? Guys, Nobody, nobody's taking the mantle in that offense. I'm just going to say it now. Okay. Okay. So, guys, um, while we got back from Canton Monday, news comes out. Antonio Gibson practicing with the third stringers and the punt team. Um, this comes after a very strong week one preseason performance from Brian Robinson, the rookie out of Alabama. I've always liked Robinson, um, but Scott, you've been telling me all, all summer to not overreact to anything we've been hearing out of Washington camp and that Antonio Gibson is a value. Can you still say the same? Well, first of all, my my headline, my hijinksy headline is rough week for Antonio Gibson, comma, fantasy Twitter fires him into the sun. Um, we're doing our typical thing where we're grasping for news, anything to kind of project what's going to happen. And Antonio Gibson has had an awful week. You know, you can't argue that, that he's been no. taking snaps with the punt team. Now, some of the special teams things he's been doing, like kick return and that sort of thing, Ron Rivera did come out and say, we're doing that because he's an electric playmaker and he returned kicks at Memphis. And we're trying to see if potentially he might, you know, might be able to return kicks for us. But I mean, playing with the third team. However, you know, uh, rookie year, Antonio Gibson fumbled one time. Last year, he fumbled six times. He lost four of them, most for a non-QB in, in the league. So that's that's a problem. Coaches don't like that, especially Ron Rivera. So he's been working with the running backs coach all offseason to, you know, work on his ball security. Apparently his issue is losing the ball on his way to the ground. So they've been doing different things to try and um, remedy that. But he's fumbled again multiple times in the preseason. I think... This week, I think the third string stuff, I think the punt punt team stuff, I think Ron Rivera is trying to send him a clear message. I do not think that Antonio Gibson, because he was on the punt team um, in week two of the preseason, is all of a sudden, you know, completely worthless for fantasy football. I don't see that. I do think it's going to be a mess uh, with Brian Robinson and McKissick there, but I still think Antonio Gibson leads this team in, in running back carries pretty easily. Um, he was fourth in the league in running back carries last year, even though everybody seems to think, you know, he totally lost the job. I mean, his days as like, oh, he's a top five upside guy. That's done. Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. I agree with but that. But where he's going at the end of the RB2 range, that's a value in my eyes. So what happened over the weekend during that preseason game, from what I'm hearing, Antonio Gibson did get a little bit of run. He fumbled it. Brian Robinson came in, and that's when he kind of took over for the game. Um, so I, I am a little concerned by this, Scott. Right now, though, we're looking at RB22 on ESPN, um, and that's a lot higher than I've seen him lately in a lot of these analyst drafts we've been having over the summer, a lot of the underdog fantasy drafts we've been playing best ball. Nate, at RB22, can you commit to Antonio Gibson? Because I don't think I can. I definitely can't. I just don't think I think he's a good football player, but he's not a good fan. He's not a good fantasy football player. He probably does serve this team better on special teams. I think if he's an electric kick returner, like awesome dude, use him. That makes sense. But you've got a team with a guy like JD McKissick who they aggressively pursued to re-sign in the offseason, and that means something. And then getting Brian Robinson in the draft, that means something. That means that they don't have that faith in Gibson to be an every down or even a first and second down or a solely third down back. The guy only had 77 carries in college. I think we all got a little too excited about a team like Washington thinking that he was a top prospect. Because think about how much of a mess that franchise is. Do you think there are other teams that would have taken him as high as Washington did or expected as much as they thought they were going to expect out of him? essentially comparing him to Christian McCaffrey. It's it, it's tough, Nate, and you lay out a very good point there. But, I mean, we, we did see an RB1 season for Antonio Gibson as a rookie. So that, I think, you know, the proof was in the pudding, we thought, at that point. Um, but definitely a lot to be concerned about, guys. I just don't think I can at, at that ADP. Like, if he, if he falls closer to RB30, I would consider it. Um, but right now on ESPN, absolute value, A.J. Dillon is somehow – going RB32 in these ESPN live That's drafts wild. right now. Absolute steal. And, and they just had about a million come in um, from that marathon too. So this is pretty accurate general consumer data. If you're not an analyst, if you're not like, if you're just in a general league home office, whatever it is, AJ Dillon, RB32, Ramondre Stevenson, RB33. I would much rather have both of those players even at Gibson's ADP. Mm -hmm. Um, what about you, Scott, as far as AJ Dillon, Ramondre, are, are you also on those trains? I have all, all three of those guys right in the same range. Um, 
I, man, I'm, I'm, I'm high on both those guys. Um, but I'm just not, I'm not as low on Gibson. I don't think this is all of a sudden, like now he's better on special teams. I think he's still going to lead this team in carries. He was fourth in the league in carries last year. Um, so, and I mean, you know, if you want to look at another team, so, I mean, we, we should potentially be having the same doubts about Josh Jacobs with another pass catching. I absolutely do. I do. do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. But I mean, he's not he's not being fired into the sun like Antonio Gibson has. Yeah. Now, granted, he hasn't also. But I think Rivera Rivera is the type of coach that's going to do this kind of thing. If if Gibson keeps fumbling, if he, then then it's yeah that he has a really short leash. I just don't think we're at the point because of just solely because of what happened this week that he's all of a sudden delegated to punt and kick returns and just a few carries here and there in the regular season. I think he's still their primary ball carrier. He's not he's not going to be a third down back. That's McKissick. That's McKissick, but that's McKissick's role. McKissick is not a first and second down back. And I'm not necessarily ready to hand the reins over to Brian Robinson just because they drafted him. No, I think, I think Gibson's in that really kind of gross range there. Like, you know, the, the low end RB twos by consensus here. Like, yeah, like right around like Elijah Mm -hmm. Mitchell, Miles Sanders, they're both already banged up, which isn't a good thing for both of them. Cause that was, you know, injury's been their biggest thing. It's hampered both of those guys in their young career. So that whole kind of range, I'm honestly good with missing out on, and I think Gibson and this news kind of just adds to it. But to answer absolutely... your question, though, I would I would rather have Dylan than Gibson. Okay. I don't know about Ramondre. I don't know about Ramondre at this point. I'm high on him, but there's six thousand running backs in New England, and so it, it's going to take something. You know, it's we all hope it's going to happen for Ramondre, but it's a it's a risk. Um, I think he's the best talent on that team, but I mean they have Damien Harris, they have Gare Strong, they just drafted. So I, I would, I'm probably not, probably not taking Gibson where he's going, but I saw him, I saw him fall in a dynasty draft to like the 10th round, which was just crazy. So they're, I mean, I'm, they're willing to draft him. What's that? I'll take him in the 10th round. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think we're all on kind of the same page. I'm just not quite as like doomsday about it as everybody else. Okay. Okay, guys, let's move forward with some other headlines in the NFL. Uh, Zach Wilson, it did not look great there. What was that, Friday night for the Jets or possibly Saturday? I'm, my days are all no, It was Friday that. night. It happened, <laughs> yeah. it happened it was right, Friday night. right as I walked into the expo. I was like, hey, guys, did you hear? Okay, so <laughs> Zach Wilson uh, went down awkward, you know, no contact knee injury. Everyone at first was assuming that this would be a torn ACL, his season, the Jets season, likely over. However, that's not the case. David Chow, Dr. David Chow came out on Twitter. He was the first one to go and, and try to confirm this was a torn ACL. Well, our friend, great friend of the show, Deepak Chona, Deepak comes back, another sports med analytics guy, and he says, Hey, let's hold up here, Dr. Chow. Uh, needn't fully buckle is what is what Deepak's telling us. Needn't fully buckle. Turns out our boy Deepak gets it right. It's a meniscus tear for Zach Wilson and a bone bruise, but he's, he had a successful surgery this week on it. So this is a quote from Deep, Deepak here. Uh, min, it's a minimally invasive surgery, and once you get the swelling down around the knee the, and the leg back to strength, it's about uh, over a course of three weeks most quarterbacks will return. So Deepak is calling his shot that Zach Wilson will be back for week one. Other people were not hearing the same thing, um, but it could be, you know, week one, week two, something in there. So my headline for this is going to be Frisky Ziski. Jets hopes remain alive, baby. I've been riding this Jets train all offseason. I'm definitely a little lower now with this news, with Mackay Becton news. Uh, Flacco's looking great in practice compared to Zach Wilson. So I am a little bit concerned, but I still think the Jets' hopes are alive. Uh, and how about this like Twitter beef we got going on with all the uh, fantasy doctors out there? Well, of course. Well, and David Chow, let's let's not <laughs> gloss over the fact that he stabbed Tyrod Taylor in nope. the lung. No, nope. is that a different yep. David? I think that's no, a different. I was, David I was no. wrong about that. No, yeah. he gets no. I'm pretty sure it is the same doctor. I'm almost okay. We're, I, I, we anyway, cannot, we cannot confirm that. Look, because everybody wants to be first instead of being right, and we see that with a lot of news where we see things break and it turns out to not even be remotely close to the truth. Whatever, it is what it is. Here's the thing about this, is that 
I think that this is going to linger with for Zach Wilson, that bone bruise specifically. The meniscus tear isn't as big of a deal. It's the bone bruise that's an issue. And if Sal is smart, which I think he is a smart coach, I think you just you roll out Flacco the first two to three weeks. You know that there's you're not making the playoffs this year. Week one, week one Ravens game too. So a little revenge right. narrative. Yeah, the uh, NFL is not going to let Zach Wilson play week one. We got a revenge <laughs> game. Right. And like, I don't know. What if Flacco's actually kind of good? That won't happen, but I I agree with you, Nate. I think I think that uh Flacco probably starts I think he starts a minimum of week one. But I mean I think Wilson's back in the first month. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. now whether he's back to full hundred percent, I'm not really sure. Um it's funny that we're like, oh man, I hope Zach Wilson gets back to full when you know we've been trashing the guy all offseason. What America. is his hundred percent? I mean, his hundred percent still not that great. But oh, hey. no, 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 man. I'm I <laughs> I'm I want to see what he does with like a much better arsenal of weapons this year. Well, do you know the, the Becton thing was concerning with him? Yeah, like we talked about funny. last week. They went out and they signed Dwayne Brown. So like it wasn't that uh, they got a pretty serviceable replacement. Yeah. Is he Mackay sure. Becton? No. Um, I will tell you that they're probably not going to slide my rankings because of losing Becton and having to add Dwayne Brown. That's okay. That was my question for you, Nate. So good, uh, good, good to see that, Craig. Good to see you in the chat as always. Craig, too. appreciate a lot we of missed you this IBQ weekend, buddy. Here tonight, Brad, Albert, Craig. Appreciate all you guys. Um, okay, m- moving forward here off the Jets. We've talked way too much about the Thank Jets God. this off season. I apologize folks i absolutely apologize. and you should you um, our poor listeners listen to you talk about the <laughs> frisky jets so much nate let's let's go ahead and move forward to the steel city my home the berg it looks like kenny pickett george pickens they picked up right where they left off in college these guys are dogs we talked about it last week on the show too george pickens he's that guy he's mauling people over uh you know off the block absolute hilarious going, getting some toe-tapping touchdowns. So Pickett, Pickens, they both look great here in preseason week one. Nate, what is your headline for this? So Kenny Hart's George, a youth revolution in the Steel City. So this is interesting because I missed a lot of this talk early in the week because like, I seriously had just had no time but to catch up on other stuff. So I got to read a little bit on this whole thing today. It's very interesting because it sounds to me like Kenny Pickett's going to win the starting job out of camp. It's like a situation where it's like you might as well see what you've got because this kid's clearly going to be the starter. Yeah. So why not? He's good enough. He could be great. We don't know how this is going to go. But you get that connection with Pickens, and yeah, I love it. Um, What I think is interesting is what does this mean? One, what does this mean for Chase Claypool? I think you have to be out. And I mean, Claypool is becoming such a, a value in redrafts right now that you almost had to start picking him. Um, but now I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm all out on him. Scott, are, are you out on Claypool as well right now? Yeah. I mean, unless he just tumbles, keeps tumbling, like in the drafts I've been doing recently, when his name starts to pop up, I'm like, no, no way. You know, you know how, when you're, you know, if you don't exactly have, you know, you're just kind of doing a draft by the seat of your pants You've got that list of receivers you look at when you're about midway through the draft and you just, there's, there's just guys on it where you're like, Nope. Mm-mm. Well, he's, if one of the, he's, he's one of those guys. If their like, main tight end was still Eric Ebron. Okay. I would still be kind of in on Claypool because he could fill that like big guy tight end role, but they've got, they got Muth. Yeah. Like there's yeah, literally nowhere point. for him to go. He, he's not going to get the big guy targets. Cause those are all going to Muth. Deontay Johnson. They just signed to an extension and they drafted Pickens and they drafted um, Calvin Austin. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to be tough. I, I I agree with you, Nate. Maybe we could even see a possible trade from from Chase Claypool. I mean, that that you know that that's probably not going to happen. But I'm just saying, uh, it, it's hard to see where he's going to fit in. But I think Pickett will not win this. Uh, will not win this job out of camp. I think it will be Trubisky to start the season. However, the Steelers have a very tricky start to the season. Strength of schedule is not in their favor. So I'm thinking it, it's not going to go great for uh, Trubisky right off the rip. I'm thinking we're going to see Kenny Pickett sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. But good things, like good things. If you're invested in these guys in Dynasty, I think this preseason game means more than it does for redraft, honestly. I agree. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I will say, Pickett's current consensus ADP on Fantasy Pros is wide receiver 60. He's going 150th. That's like mid twelfth round. Like you'd be silly not to. Yeah, the that's, guy has yeah. the guy has wide receiver two upside. Like that could. I mean, that's probably that's probably his ceiling this season. 
But, dude, you get a wide receiver, too, in the 12th, middle of the 12th round? Yeah, and that's why, like, the, the timing of when you draft for redraft is important because that's mm-hmm. going to go up. You know what yep. I mean? Like, it is going to go up. As more people come back, even if he doesn't have, like, I think Joey said something in the chat, like, that was a amazing catch that he made on the pass from one Mason Rudolph. But, um, you know, as people, as more people come back for the, in the redraft crowd and he's just even just watch that highlight. His his ADP is going to creep up. Um, I agree with Seth. I don't think Pickett <laughs> wins the job. <laughs> I don't yeah, think we, Pickett wins the job out of camp. I think I like I like what we've seen out of Pickett, but we have to keep keep in mind that his like Aaron Rodgers esque thirteen of fifteen two touchdowns was as the third quarterback in the game against right. backups, and each pass went about two yards. So I'm, I mean. You know, it's like we, we have to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. Um, You're right. You're I'm right. basing everything I have. I, I, I'm basing my opinion off of what I've heard about him in camp. Okay. And his grasp, like, I, I don't know. I think maybe it was Deontay Johnson said that Kenny Pickett day one in OTAs versus Kenny Pickett today in camp are two completely different quarterbacks. That's good. I mean, that's promising. That's yeah, promising. exactly. So, well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, but we go will. get go get Pickens in his current ADP. If you're I drafting, agree. that is a freaking steal. I got like Pickens. A freaking I got, steal. I got Pickens and SFB. What's up? Yeah, nice. guys, I completely agree. Pickens here. That's the takeaway. Go grab him in the 11th, 12th round of your redrafts this season and thank us later. Okay. And let's go ahead. We're going to jump into matchup management. We're going to talk about our DFS, our betting picks for the upcoming preseason week. Um, Again, I I see some new faces in the chat, some new faces here on YouTube. If this is your first time with In Between Media and you like fantasy football, fantasy golf, fantasy NASCAR, and feel-good lifestyle advice, please consider subscribing to our channel. Um, Let's go ahead and move into matchup management. it gonna be all right nate did a pretty good job last week in our preseason dfs and betting picks um we're back again here uh i I think the biggest thing i saw out of week one preseason is it's exactly what we thought these quarterbacks these backup quarterbacks mean so much if you can get one who's out there doing something making plays getting touchdowns uh malik willis that's going to go a lot further than some of these other guys who were not making plays so, Nate, locked and loaded here, who is one person that you can't leave out of your DFS lineup this week? So, it's Jarrett Stidham, and there's a couple reasons for this. Well, first of all, the first two games, he's gotten the majority of the reps. I think 15 and, like, 17 attempts over the two games with the Hall of Fame game in week one. He's been efficient. He's put up points. He's thrown a touchdown. But also, like... Uh, you know, Josh McDaniels kind of has one for him because they drafted him in New England. He was responsible for drafting Stidham, and then he went out and got him for the uh, – almost called him the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. I think we're going to see a good deal of Stidham, not that he's, like, in line to take over Carr's job anytime soon. But I think that McDaniels kind of wants to see what he can do with this offense in the event that they lose Carr or Carr comes out and plays poorly and it's his guy. So I think he's going to get a decent amount of work. He's only 4K. Yeah. I mean, and the Chargers have a lot of big-name starters that they're probably not going to be playing anywhere near the time Stidham's around, and they're not a super deep defense at this point. So he's playing against a pretty weak second and third string. Some units. All right. Well, I will take your Jared Stidham and I will raise it $300 to my 4,300 Malik Willis. And guys, what we saw at Malik is there's definitely the upside. Um, How he got inside the red zone, it honestly reminded me of a young Cam Newton. 13.8 points for him in DraftKings last week. um, And that's being taken out at halftime. So I'm really liking what I've seen out of Malik Willis. I think if you can get a couple more of those starting option weapons possibly on the field with him this week, he could do a lot of damage. I also think we have to go right back to the well with Kenny Pickett. Kenny's going to definitely get the whole second half again, likely to himself. Uh, 13.4 DK points for him in preseason week one. And guys, this week he has the Jacksonville Jaguars third stringers. So you know Kenny Pickett, it, he's a guy, and he's going up against Jacksonville's third stringers. I mean, these are USFL players. These are 
whatever all the other leagues are, Canadian <laughs> leagues. Uh, hey, know. the Canadian league's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean to take a shot at Warren Moon or any of those great Canadian people, but uh, <laughs> honestly, I think playing against these Jacksonville third stringers is a really big boost for Kenny Pickett. Scott, out of these three quarterbacks, Kenny, Malik, Jared, who, who would you take? Um, I'd probably roll with Kenny Pickett as well. I, think he's I would agree. Get, I think he's going to get a ton of play. Um, again, I don't think it's decided yet. I mean, it seems like it wasn't that long ago that he was listed third on the depth chart. So I just think that this this is the timing in the preseason. Well, he will he will get, you know, because right now it's all about predicting who's going to get the snaps, mm. at, you know, in, the, in these preseason games. I mean, it's not often that we're talking about Jared Stidham. So right. Um, <laughs> well, that's all true. I'm also interested because I think you know the Seahawks are going to have to start making a decision as well. It's gone back and forth with Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Um, I haven't really dug into it, but I feel like one of those two quarterbacks would be a good play this week. Yeah, uh, Geno obviously ha- had the little less of a performance than Drew Locke did, but Geno is playing against the better class. Drew Locke came in the second half, did throw two touchdowns. We'll see what happens there, but I like those guys. I also like DJ Dallas for the Seahawks as well. He was 10 for 73 last week. You guys know I've been on the DJ Dallas train for a while. I think when he's playing against backups, he's, he's an especially yes. yes, yes, far too long. I cut my losses in Dynasty this offseason. I dropped them everywhere. I had him on taxi, Finally. I had him on taxi squads for like two years, being like, oh, this guy could be something. No. Um, but those guys never end up being something unless they're Cordero Patterson and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> But 10 for 73 last week. I think he gets the run here. Uh, we got Probably. both Ken, Ken yeah. Walker Jr., both Rashad Penny banged up. So I'm going back to DJ Dallas this week. Uh, Brian Robinson, he's another option at RB. Mm-hmm. We kind of touched on him. Nate, do you have any wide receivers uh, that, that you would be throwing out in the lineup this week as well? Well, you brought up Brian Robinson. So I'm going to go with the same team. I like Jahan Dotson this week because this is going to be his first preseason action for whatever reason. I guess he's been a little bit dinged up. But we're actually getting to see him. And I did. They've got three games to see what they've got in this rookie. They kind of know. I really like Jahan Dotson anyway, but I, I think we're going to see him get a fair amount of looks. And I think we might see some rushing looks too because he's such a little speedster. Um, so I'm excited about it. I like Dotson at 3,400. I mean, I, So we got a question from Albert here. Would we play Sam Howell in DFS this week? Albert, absolutely. Yep. I was just going to bring that up. Sam Howell looked great. A lot more mobile than I, you know, I was giving him credit right. for coming to the NFL. Guy was dodging. Carson Wentz might have some trouble on his hands. I'm honestly going to say that. Um, so Sam Howe, Jahan Dotson, I think you can't go wrong with, with that stack. He looked great last week without Dotson mm-hmm. out there. So I agree with you there, Albert. Nate, I like that pick for you as well. Um, last couple picks for me here. Of course, if you're going to do Kenny Pickett, stack him with Pickens for 4100 Come back to Tyquan Thornton up in I New England. Thornton looked good, man. I was surprised. He was another one. We were giving Bill a lot of shit, boys. And now I wasn't. Tyquan Thornton comes out. He gets a nice touch. I was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But Thornton's and, that sneaky slot guy, man. And yeah. Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi is good, man. I think Bailey Zappi actually might be a guy as well. Yeah, uh, Patriots have killed it with receivers. Over Mac Jones? Come on. No, no, not over Mac right, Jones. Right, but at some point. He's a, like, I think he's going to gotcha. be a solid backup in this league. I like he – puts, he puts a little zip on it, a little zip on it, zappy, baby. I mean, I think Tyquan Thornton takes over Kendrick Bourne for that slot role in, in season. Like, I think he's – on the field more often. I think we'll if see. anything, Tyquan's going to play probably the outside would, would be my guess there, but I could be. They've could been be using probably. him in the slot. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. I mean, we'll get to it later with, with one of my picks, but Jacoby Myers, he was almost 70% slot snaps last, last year. So, I mean, yeah, it'll true. be interesting. It'll be interesting to see who actually plays there. I want to throw one more name in the mix. Yes. CD lamb might, might be a little bit banged up. So Jalen Tolbert, Rookie wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. He should see some um, decent action. I think he'll see some. De- I mean, a lot of the a lot of these rookies are going to see. You know, both quarterbacks and receivers are going to see some action mm-hmm. at, at this stage in the preseason. Um, I, I, I like Khalil Shakur as well, Scott. He's another rookie. He was five for ninety three last week. Case Keenum, Matt Barkley are his quarterbacks, and those are like two of the better second and third string quarterbacks in the league. I think. Yeah. Probably right. You know, right up there with the Steelers guys. Somebody we know took. Matt Barkley first overall in Scott Fishbowl. I think it was second. I think it was second possible. Was it second or was first? Okay. Second, first, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Scott, do you have any other final notes on on DFS? Any other lines you've been kind of seeing out there that that you're interested in this week? 
Um, no, not not really anything beyond what we've talked about. Um, you know, I don't. I personally don't get to play a lot of DFS because I'm in Washington State, so I kind of pay attention to the strategies and the analysis on the peripheral. Um, but yeah, pay attention to those rookies. You know, like we've been talking about. Um, I like the Brian Robinson pick as well that we mentioned earlier, and just look at the you know look at those prices because you know just the slightest the slightest uh deal with with the pricing can can make it can make a difference mm-hmm. um so that's that's all i really got on that matter okay uh, i'm gonna throw two more bets out there before we move forward scott i'm actually gonna go against your c or take your seahawks here um i'm gonna have yeah. them beating the bears this week um they're a three and a half point favorite i'm gonna take them in the points minus 110 and i just think this comes down to quarterbacks guys we have two Two quarterbacks in Seattle that need to win this job for their careers, Drew Locke, Geno Smith, both very hungry. We already talked about DJ Dallas. I think he's a very good running back as well. And they held up last last week against the Steelers, who have probably the three best quarterbacks in, in the league. So um, I, all things considered, guys, I, I think I'm going to go Seahawks here over the Bears. I, I'm hashtag fade the Bears this year, and I think that's right in line with it, Nate. Yeah, no, I agree with this. I mean, that three and a half isn't much, and you're just we're, we're going to see higher quality of play out of, out of Seattle, which that might not be the case during the regular season, but in the preseason, that's what we're going to get. That money line, the minus one ten is not bad. I mean, it's not a huge return, but you can't make all of your bets can't be massive returns. Sometimes you got to play the little stuff, and this is a really good little that minus one ten. That's a good yeah. smart bet. Agreed. The, the other one that I think is going to be a little more profitable for you, it's actually plus money here, plus 180, uh, money line, 49ers over the Vikings. And this was one I, I'm going to have to monitor. We're going to have to see how much we expect, if we're expecting Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, any of those guys to play, because I was a little surprised um, that the Vikings were favored so heavily in this one. Um, they, they're given a five-point favorite in this one. And I really like Trey Lance, Nate Sudfield, Brock Purdy. Like, that's solid three quarterbacks as well. I don't really know enough about Kellen Mund. I, I haven't seen it out of him so far. And think about the San Francisco backfield as well, guys. This is a very good one to watch, not just for DFS and betting purposes, but for the regular season too. What happens to Michael Hasty? Is Jermichael Hasty going to make the team? Is Trey Sermon going to have a bounce back season? He looked great um, last week. And the, uh, Davis Price, the rookie out of LSU, can he make a name for himself after CH had tarnished the LSU name for running back position in the league? These are all these questions we're going to get answered uh, in the next couple weeks in the San Francisco backfield. So with that, guys, I am riding the money line here over the Vikings plus 180, and I feel great about it. I love it. San Francisco is a good team. People are... Uh, fading him because of Lance, but like Shanahan's a good coach. They went to the uh, NFC championship last year with Jimmy Garoppolo and most of their team intact from last year. So I keep saying it, man, like objectively, you know, Niners are our Seahawks biggest rival or whatever. But if Lance hits in any kind of way, the Niners are going to be a big problem for every team they face. Like if they, he hit, they have if all in, the rest of the pieces pretty much in place. All he has to do is be a Jalen Hurts, and this is a team that could go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's gonna be better than Jalen Hurts. <clears throat> oh, exactly. Easy, easy so he's that. a. T- this is a team. If if he's better than Jalen Hurts, <laughs> this is a team that could go to the. This a team that go to the Super Bowl. Fantasy after one season, I can't Dude. I can't get over it. I almost Stop. have to root against him because everybody's I know you irresponsibly do. like, oh yeah, because he runs. Uh-huh. So does Trey Lance. Better draft capital. I just it, better. It's, it's a, Trey it's Lance a has a better arm. Every better like, arm. Jalen Hurts has become like the comparison. Like, well, if he's it, as good as Jalen Hurts, it's like he played like almost a season. Let's Jalen Hurts, look, um, just real quick, guys from Alabama get a really unfair like shake in the NFL and not in a bad way in a good way for them where it's like oh it's Jalen Hurts he's from Alabama of course he's gonna be good Nick Saban coached him they can't all be good I don't care that Josh Jacobs went to Alabama it doesn't make him a good running back that's all I'll keep it short we got Brad Bolt here great point from Brad Lance stat in the last 900 days Trey Lance has thrown 100 passes in competitive football that's great I I think that is something you could Consider, but I think when Lance sure. does get out there and break off the rust, I think he's. Oh gonna yeah, be Lance is Lance is a risk. It's not a sure thing. I just I just happen to be on the side of it that I think he's gonna I think he's gonna smash. I like it, um, Scott. I like the fieriness that brought out in you. <laughs> just how I, okay, Scott? The thing how, is, is, I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts, and I like Jalen Hurts and all this kind of stuff. I just feel like it's just been like, oh yeah, 
and it's just he hasn't. I, I, I have yet. been pushing Jalen Hurts propaganda. He hasn't since done a lot yet. It's been. just like he he just gets this pass to be this like this like beacon, this barometer of QB rushing QBs. You know what I mean? Like after anyway. I hope he does All right, well. Scott, I have a question for you. What is Trey Lance's ceiling in 2022? In 2022? QB5? Um, QB6? QB8? Probably right around that, yeah. Okay. I yeah. can see it. Yeah, somewhere I, in there. And I mean, Them having Debo back makes me a little more bullish on him and the, how good Ayuk has looked. I mean, it's just – it's the same exact – it's the same exact logic as with Hurts, like – he wasn't that great of a passer last year. He got it done on the ground. Trey Lance is very good on the ground. You know what I mean? I just, I, he has I, a better arm than Jalen hurts. No, that's what I'm saying. I think he can be better than Jalen hurts. Mm-hmm. Like that's why he was drafted in the top five. Jeez. It was supposed to be Matt I mean, Jones, just to be clear, but well, either way, he still would have gone in the top five. And for some reason this he year, like, we had, we had all those quarterbacks go in that draft and quarterbacks notoriously struggle their rookie year all the time, completely expected. But it's, for some reason, when it happened with Fields and Lance, it's like, okay, trash. Well, no. come on. Lance yeah, didn't like struggle. Lance, Lance didn't, didn't he, really get a fair shake, though. He only played no, a couple games and uh, two change. Two. But he didn't look bad when he did start. Like Peyton Manning threw like 100 interceptions his rookie year. Like, let's just all calm down. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, I mean, that's all I'm we're saying. Gonna, we're going to keep it calm. <laughs> We're actually going to talk about some second. We're all agreeing here. Some other second year quarterbacks here. The next section. Um, We're going to round it out, guys. Uh, We're going to do one of our favorite segments here. Sure thing, sleepers of the week. This is end of summer edition. So we we generally hope you have enjoyed your time at the beach, at the pool, wherever it is. Fall is almost here, though, guys. So let's uh, let's kick in some end of summer sure thing sleepers of the week. It's the sure thing. Sleepers of the week. All right, guys. So we've had ADP in flux throughout the offseason. People who were sleepers just a couple months ago are no longer sleepers and vice versa as well. But we have come to the table with two sleepers each. End of August, we still like where their ADP is right now in accordance to Fantasy Pros, according to ESPN, Underdog Fantasy, wherever you guys are playing right now. Um, Scott, why don't you kick us off, man? Who is your current favorite sleeper um, heading into 2022? So one of my favorite sleepers, and this will be interesting because Nate and I have a common team, common position in our sleepers, but different player is Jacoby Myers, New England Patriots. And the reason for that is just his ADP right now is like in the wide receiver 60s. He finished as the wide receiver 29 last season in points per game. And that was with a pretty ridiculously low touchdown percentage. Um, I mean, he's not a big red zone guy, so we're not, you know, I'm not expecting him to, you know, score double to touchdowns. But on 126 targets to only have two touchdowns, even for a guy that roams the slot and doesn't get a lot of red zone targets, that's still pretty low. And he still finished as the wide receiver 29. And last season, his ADP was right around the same. It was high 50s, low 60s. Then he puts up a wide receiver 29 season, and he's right back in the high, you know, yeah. high 50s, low 60s. He was yep. Mac Jones' favorite target last year. He was, you know, top 25 in targets, target share, um, 85% snap share. And the thing about Jacoby Myers is he has shown significant improvement each year he's been in the league. He's basically doubled his stats. So I still see him. I, I mean, I'm excited. I'm actually kind of excited for Devontae Parker. I was always kind of high on him and hoped he would hoped he would be successful. Um, but I still think that Jacoby Myers is going to be the target leader on this team and Mac Jones' favorite target. And I would rather have Myers at his ADP than Devontae Parker because I, and if we want to do a little bet, I'm down. I think he's going to out-target and outscore Devontae Parker this year. So question for you here, Scott, because I, I think you're totally right that Jacoby Myers is going to be a value. He, I think he's you know, probably going to be a wide receiver three, wide receiver four again. Um, however, that's probably his ceiling at the same time. Yeah. You know, he, He's a steady nine to 11 PPR points per week. Doesn't find the end zone too much. I think maybe that's why he's going so late is just because he doesn't have the pure upside like some of those other guys down in that ADP, a Kenny Galladay, uh, Kadarius Tony's, you know, maybe 10 spots ahead of him. But, you know, those types of guys. Um, does that worry you at all, just the low ceiling? Yeah, I mean, it's true. It depends on, on what you want to do in your draft at that point. I mean, like, 
I might not end up with his, a lot of Jacoby Myers, even though I'm propping him up as a sleeper here because I my style is a little bit more like throw a dart at that stage in the draft. But I mean, if you can get a steady wide receiver three at wide receiver six or seven cost, then I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah, his ceiling isn't his ceiling is probably, you know, a wide receiver three. Um, yeah. but he's a, he's somewhat Tyler Boydy with less touchdown with less touchdown chance. You know, he's going to get the targets. He's going to be on the field. Um, and I just think getting him at wide receiver 60 is a steal. Okay. Fair enough. Nate, you're kind of on a different, uh, a different new England wide receiver. Of course, you're still on a new England wide receiver cause you still are infatuated with Mr. Uh, Macklemore Jones. Macklemore <laughs> Jones. Macklemore and so, Jones. <laughs> So my guy is the Ryan Lewis to Mac Jones, Macklemore Jones. Um, I really like Devonte Parker. So according, as far as um, fantasy pros ADP is concerned, Myers is going as a wide receiver 51 where Devonte Parker is going as wide receiver 60. So we're like right in the same ballpark. This is where I differ. Cause I like Myers too, Scott. I'm with you on Jacoby Myers. He's a value where he's going and he's going to finish higher than where his ADP is. But so is Devontae Parker. The difference being that Devontae Parker is going to get more red zone looks. Jacoby Myers has two touchdowns. One. He's got the one touchdown over two seasons. Two. He had two. He had two last season. Okay. He didn't have one until week 10. Devontae Parker has finished as the PPR wide receiver 11 when he had Ryan Fitzmagic. But you could argue that Fitzmagic and Mac Jones are fairly similar quarterbacks. Neither are very mobile. Neither have a cannon for an arm. They're just smarter than the other people on the field. He excelled with that style of quarterback. He's only played one full season his entire career. But if he puts in a full season with Mac Jones, I really do believe he has like high-end wide receiver two upside. Like he could finish as the wide receiver fifteen or sixteen in that offense. I just and I think Jacoby Myers could be in that could be like a high end wide receiver three where he's like wide receiver twenty six or twenty seven. I I like it and and I and the reasoning is sound. I I just think at the end of the day, like this is one of those passing offenses. It's really tough to read because there's like a bunch of guys who I think they're all on the same level of talent. Kendrick Bourne. Solid wide receiver. Devontae Parker is probably the most talented. I, I don't think that's a Kendrick play. Bourne is going to be the fourth but, receiver in this offense behind. How Gordon. can we say that though? He he was their best receiver last year. Uh, well, I, I guess maybe Myers technically was, but Bourne was very solid too. So Bourne was solid, but you were talking. But you're also you're talking about an offense that had no identity. We're two years removed now from Tom Brady. Now we're three years. We're going into our third year removed from Tom Brady. And they had Cam Newton, who was an absolute just mess, ended up hurt. That was a whole, like, Brian Hoyer was playing quarterback. It was a nightmare. They drafted Mac Jones. Now we're going into year two of Mac Jones. We're fine. We're going to see the identity of this offense this year. Belichick doesn't mess around. We're going to get there this season. Last season was him trying to figure things out. There's a lot of questions, though. They have to figure there it out are. again, though, Nate. Nate, we – I've never seen this in my life. In that last game, they had one one coach calling plays in the first half and a different in the second half. And these are not the greatest coaches. Like, what are we doing here? Is how many Super Bowls has Joe many, Judge? I don't know. I'm, how I'm many worried. Super Bowls has Matt or has Bill Belichick won? See, uh, see, and that's the I'm thing. Just, it's like it's like you either have to ride this ship with Mac and, Jones zero. Well, yeah, of course, but you I'm either, saying you either have to ride the ship and believe in Bill, or like I'm almost, outside of Ramondre Stevenson and Hunter Henry, I'm kind of out on this offense, like in general. Like I, I, I will wait until the waivers come around, and if Tyquan Thornton happens to blow up, or if Kendrick Bourne is decent again, maybe I'll grab them. But I get what you're saying, but I, I just don't think I can go in rostering a New England wide receiver, dude. Not even in the middle of the twelfth round. It's like I, your fourth wide Pickens. receiver. I want George Pickens there. Like, like there's other guys. That's fair. Okay. There's other fair guys enough. higher up. Fair yeah. Enough. And I mean, I, I'll tell you, Nate, like, I think we're, you know, it depends on where you're getting your ADP data. Cause if, if Jacoby I take Myers, my consensus from, um, fantasy, from fantasy pros. Yes. Yeah, also was exactly where Nate was too. I looked up underdog Myers was one wide receiver, 64 fantasy data, wide receiver, 64, my fantasy league wide receiver, 58 with Parker about, seven, eight spots ahead of him. 
So if they're going at the same ADP, I'll take Parker, just so we're clear. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And ESPN, it's flipped too. ESPN, yeah. it's the other way around. So um, guys, let's go ahead and move yeah. forward though. Let's stop talking about the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about where Tom it's Brady is now though, because I think there's some sneaky value down there in Tampa Bay and that's Cameron Bray. I've kind of been pounding the uh, table for him all off season long. And what do we know about Cameron Bray coming into this season? He was a tight end one early in his career with Jameis Winston. He's athletic. He's a trustworthy target of Tom Brady. We saw that on the boat when Tom uh, threw him the Lombardi trophy uh, and he was able to catch that. But I think this is just an offense. I want all I can, all I can get from it. They're going to throw probably 700 times Uh, last year. Brate had four touchdowns on 57 targets and Rob Gronkowski is leaving 88 targets six TDs on the board. So there's going to be an opportunity for Cameron Bray to excel here. Obviously we have Kyle Rudolph in town as well, but even with him there, I have Bray projected for a 13% target share. And I, I don't think that's an absurd amount by any means. Um, so I think Cameron Bray is, is going to finish this year as a tight end one. I don't have good ADP data. Like he's not even listed on ESPN's ADP right now, which I think maybe, I, I don't know if that's an error or what that was. Um, yeah, I should tell you something. Yeah. But everywhere I've been drafting this off season though, like he's going around tight end 18, maybe later. So I think for that price, like you're probably going to get him for, you know, close to free. Yes, Nate. Uh, his consensus on fantasy pros is tight end 23, which is 204 overall. Yeah. So, so he's, he's mostly he's, going, he's, he's, he's mostly free. going, on, he's going undrafted. He's free in redraft. So, I mean, if you're a guy who maybe you grabbed one of the earlier tight ends, you want, want to trade piece of someone you can get rid of after the first couple of weeks, or if you're just fading tight end altogether, I think Cameron Brady is going to be a steal this year. Uh, we already, we already have, um, Oh, geez. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Russell Gage already banged up, too. He's not practicing this week at all. So it's obviously something serious there. Brady always finds the weirdest guy to target, too. Like, yeah, don't forget I mean, that. Brady it's been over factor, his whole career. The Brady factor would be the only. I mean, we, we did, you know, it's fun. It's good to disagree. It's healthy. I completely disagree on Cameron Brady. I know. I, I know. You're low on him. I, low I, on him. I can't think of a more meh tight end than Cameron Brate. And in, in that range, I'd much rather go with a Brevin Jordan or a Gerald Everett or some, somebody like that. I mean, I, I get it that Gronk's not coming back, but I mean, Brate hasn't had more than 60 targets or 40 catches since 2017 or 2016. He, his, his highest, his highest yard mm-hmm. output was 311 yards. He's just a, he's a mad guy. You hope gets a touchdown. That's, that's, that's who Cameron Brate is for me, even with Tom Brady. But that's every that's tight end one? out of like the top 15. Though, that's why these guys are tight ends so thin. And we've talked about it for like three years. I don't see that. Like, I don't. I don't agree about the the upside and ceiling being there with Bray. Okay, it was was there for one. It was there for one season with James. Then he he finishes as the overall tight end one. I mean, I wouldn't. We're talking tight ends. We're talking like late round tight ends here. Anything, (laughs) anything could happen. I just personally, I'm not touching him. I get it, Scott. No, I. I totally get it. I just want a piece of the of this Tampa Bay offense, um, and I, I honestly think outside of the uh, the top three receivers, he's going to be you know heavily targeted as much as as any of the other guys, including Julio Jones, Chris Godwin. I I have his. I mean, I have him for an absurd amount of targets right now. You probably don't. What even do you? What do you have? What, what, how many targets? Uh, hold on, hold on. It is. It, it's a lot. It's a lot. But I mean, like that's how just many? kind of. A, a product of what what you get in the Tampa Bay offense when you sign up for it. That's why I'm like I'm like foot over hand right now signing up for it. I got another. I got another number. Okay, hold on, hold on. Ninety four. <laughs> 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 what you can't lie. You, I actually have him. I am projected for uh, actually the second second most. Sorry, right, I, I was getting my spit take ready there because I knew it was gonna. That's insane. Dude, what? Okay, between Gronk and himself last year, they was well over a hundred targets. Gronk, Gronk had eighty targets. Bray had, Bray had fifty something. So that's one hundred and thirty targets just between the two. I mean, top you're basically you're basically expecting Bray's targets to almost double this year. Is Bray? Is here's my question: Is Bray going to turn into Gronk? 
No, he's still no. Cameron. Cameron Brate's a good player, guys. I think he's a. He's very- good, but he's not Gronk. Gronk was a generational tight end. Okay. He to was 400 a yards and four or five touchdowns. Okay, I am for six hundred three yards, five touchdowns. That is not absurd at all. He could have ninety-four targets. Is that's not worth absurd. rostering for a tight end? Yes, it ninety. He okay. He is going to be top five in targets in the league. I guarantee it. No. I or, it, no. yeah, tight ends. No. At tight ends, like I, I think no. no. Cole, Cole Komet last year had now, now we're talking about a tight end. Okay. Right. <laughs> Here, okay. You expect him to be top five in targets. Among tight ends. Among over, tight ends. Wait, wait, over Zach Ertz? Over Dallas Godert? Ooh. Over Hawk? Over Schultz? Over Darren Waller? Yeah. Like, are, are you, you got, dude, there's no way he's top five in targets, Seth. I love you, okay, dude. Maybe but top like, five in the stretch. Top Cole Komet, Pat Fryermith. Alberto, Noah Fant, all I mean, those I thought, guys are going to get more my targets. Bold, my bold take that Rashad White's going to outscore Lenny this year, I thought that was bold. But <laughs> I love you, man. Great. And you might end up being right, and I might look like, like an ass. Right. Like, what was Nate no, talking no, about? But I just I, – I can't see if it. You add up, if you add up Brate's last three seasons, he'll be top five. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm just saying he might be top five in targets. That's all I'm saying. No, right? no, I understand what you're saying. I'm just I, saying I see that, it. like – you yeah, just yeah. don't see target increases like that from year to year. You just don't see it. Like we saw, but Cole again, this is Tom one Brady, two, though. We yeah, but that's Cole year one to year two, not year nine to year ten or whatever. Cordell Patterson can do it. Cameron Brake can do it, baby. I don't want to touch Cordell Patterson either. <laughs> okay, no, we Scott, should who, who, absolutely not. Who do you want to touch then, Scott? Give me, give me. You oh. got a tight end for me then, maybe? I do have a tight end. My tight end is um, I mentioned his name, and that's Gerald Everett. Ugh, garbage. at least i didn't say cole comet right we've talked enough about that um no gerald gerald everett is is you know he uh he ended up with a 15 percent target share in seattle last year um which in seattle with that offense um, equated to 60 about 63 targets um jared cook in the chargers offense last year had a 13 percent target share in that offense that equated to 83 targets so, so if you're, okay, real quick, I gotta yeah. pause you. If if Jared Cook can get 83 targets, I think Cameron Bray is just as good of a tight end as he is, if not better. And I so I, I think Cameron Bray can definitely get to nine. I don't think that's absurd at all, especially considering what you just told me about Jared Cook. Um, okay, sorry, I think it's, sorry, that's, that's I fine. Digress. That, I mean, that makes sense. I think it's absurd, but um, <laughs> so so basically, Gerald Everett, and this is this is like a little bit of cherry picking, but I mean, if you apply his target share to this Chargers system of 2021. He's up over 90 targets. So I think, you know, that 80 to 100 targets is in Gerald Everett's range of outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a he's an he's still an athletic, fast tight end. Um, he doesn't have a lot in the way of target competition at the tight end position. Donald Parnum has averaged 23 targets a year since he came to the league. Trey McKitty has a really cool name, but he had eight targets last year. And Steven Anderson hasn't been relevant since 2016. So I really think and Gerald Everett's just a better tight end than Jared Cook. So that's fair. Yeah. Um, and Jared Cook did in that system. Uh, he led the NFL in routes per snap. So okay. Dude, he was like the he was like the tight end seven that year. He was being looked. You I know, just looked at it. And the last time, you know, the last time the Chargers had a pretty decent tight end one Hunter Henry, he finished as the tight end 12. So I just think and Gerald Everett's going around tight end 20. I just think he's he's a late round tight end. I'm throwing a dart at because I think I think he does have that upside with Justin Herbert and that system. Um, the tight end target share in, in LA since since Herbert took over has been around 23% of the total targets go to tight ends. Um, and I think that I think that remains. Uh in Seattle, it was like 18%. He's just going to a much better, much more tight end friendly system. Okay. Okay. I, I don't think as good of a value as Cameron Bray, but I think it cool. I think uh I think Gerald Everett. No, that's a I like the analysis there, Scott. I've always liked Gerald Everett. Um, the opportunity is there, though, in this Chargers offense. I just wonder what what Donald, Donald Parham is going to contribute, and some of these other, you know, like Josh Palmer is still like a you know, an X factor too. You know, we got a lot of question marks actually outside the main three components of this Chargers offense. I disagree, and I like this call, Scott. You talked me into it, and here's why I like it: because Gerald Everett, we know, is a reliable receiver. Uh, Josh Palmer, we know he can be reliable in situations Everett is more of a, like he's going to be in there for more downs than Josh Palmer. 
<clears throat> is 90 targets realistic? It could be. But this is an outlet that Justin Herbert hasn't had. Like, why can't it be? He's probably the fourth best receiver on this team. Like, realistically, behind Allen, Williams, Eckler, and Everett. And this is, a, this is a passing team. Like, Justin Herbert's a generational quarterback. I think we can all agree on that. This is going to go for who, a fourth down a lot. We kind of know that as well. Exactly. So, law opportunities, like, yeah. Everett's a guy who could sneakily creep in to the tight end one tier. Okay. Yeah, that, and, and that's all. That's all I'm really saying. Like, I'm not talking about a top it might five not tight end here. I'm just saying he's tight end. He's being drafted at tight end twenty. He's one of those guys that I might, you know, grab as a second tight end to see what happens. Um, yeah. Tight end premium. I think he's a good late target as your second or third tight end. Um, you know, and I mean, it's just it, like like you're saying, Justin Herbert. They pass a lot. That that twenty three percent target share to tight ends is like top six in the league over the last two years as far as how often the tight ends are targeted amongst the rest of the pass catchers. Um, and so I just, you know, and he's, he's the best tight end they've had since Hunter Henry and he's more athletic than Hunter Henry. So well, he's, he's only 28. He's six foot three. He's a big body. I mean, for a quarterback like Herbert, that's a dream. That's why Keenan Allen has been so successful with him. Well, that's he's got just, he's got so just enough of that speed and burst and athleticism to, to enter that discussion of, Matchup nightmare for a linebacker. Well, and that's um, the thing, too, because Everett isn't a guy you're looking at for yards after the catch. He could become, like, a really solid red zone target. Yeah. Like, what if this dude snags seven, eight, nine touchdowns? The only thing I guess I struggle a little bit, he has had quite an injury history as yeah, well. Yeah, sure. He can't yeah. really stay on the field. So, it's dicey. I think it's dicey. I, I'm not as high on, on Everett as Scott is, but I do have him projected for a lot of targets. I don't think quite 90, but I think he's definitely in the 70 range for okay. me. Yeah. Um, it's just that he's basically free. So that's yeah. part of it too, you know? Okay. Nate, um, why don't you bring us home, man? I know you have one more and then I'll, I'll, uh, I'll round us out. So I have opined on this dude so much that I'm going to keep this very short. Davis Mills, you guys, he's going right now. His ADP over his consistency ADP is QB 29. A QB three. He was very good when he got finally handed the starting job last season in week 14. From that point on, he was the overall QB 10. This guy is being drafted as the overall QB 29. He's basically going to be free. He's probably not getting drafted a lot, but I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. He's got Brandon cooks back. That offensive line is improved. They got Laramie Tunsil back. They drafted two Marquee offensive lineman, they have shored up his blind side. The running game isn't great. They've got Burkhead, Damian Pierce, which hopefully will be an upgrade to what they had last year with David Johnson and Burkhead. He may, he may not. I don't think he's much of an improvement, which just goes more to Davis Mills. This is a team that's going to throw the ball a lot. He didn't make a lot of mistakes in the best back half of the season. And again, he's going as the QB 29. Nate, I like the call. And, you know, I, I think we've all really in Superflex League, we, we've all been guilty of targeting Davis Mills this offseason. Um, the only place I struggle with Mills a little bit when you actually come down and try to put these numbers down on paper is where are the targets going? Where are the yards coming from? Like that's – I have Brevin Jordan as the second highest targeted player on this Texans roster. You shouldn't. It should be Nico Collins. I – well, well – I, I, Nico I will, Collins has looked really good in camp. I will say now it's, it, it's definitely mesh. closer now Now that John Mechie's lost for the season. It's sure. closer, but I think Brevin's going to have a good season as well. I um, do too. But I don't know. I, I, I'm just not really a, a, a total believer in Nico yet, so it, it's tough for me. Like I, I think the connection with Cooks is going to be there. I like Sexy Rexy out of the backfield. I like mm -hmm, Brevin. Me too. Um, but overall – this you is know, a team that's going to be behind a ton. I think he's, he's going to be throwing the ball a lot, and he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I think he's he doesn't mid, throw a lot of interceptions. He's a mid-tier QB two to me. I I I I can't see a world where he he's anything higher than a QB 18, 19 on the year. Okay, and that's fine. He's going as the overall QB twenty nine. So if you're in a super flex league, you can get this dude at the back end of a draft, and he's gonna he's probably gonna be a pretty good QB return, two for you. He, yes, he he will return value. I agree. I, I took him as my second quarterback in Scott Fishbowl in the tenth round. Oh, uh, we got we got uh, Mr. Scampers in the chat here saying, "Why am I late, Scampers?" Because so you're a you cat. Sorry, you missed so much of the show. Cats However, always late. you can catch the audio cat version tomorrow all the time. Um, sorry. sorry, the one the one interesting, real quick, 
before we move off of Davis Mills, I was watching the Front Yard Fantasy uh, Jeopardy episode today. And I think Joey's in the chat. He can correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe they one of the questions showed, like, I think it was FanDuel odds of most interceptions in 2022. And the the highest odds were Davis Mills, which didn't make sense to me. Hmm. He had no, a pretty that's low right. interception rate last year, too. Like, I didn't think it was anything that absurd. Maybe I, it's possible I read the question wrong, but I'm pretty sure because the question was, okay, after Davis Mills, who are, you know, who are, who's the next right. closest, you know? So um, he had the one four interception game, which was week four. He had thrown an interception in week one. He threw two picks in week six against Indy. Then he threw two more picks the rest of the season, and he was the starter from week 14 on. He threw two picks. In those last five yeah, games. I thought that was kind of strange. Yeah, I agree. I, Nate, I like I like Davis Mills. Um, I'm gonna have to raise you once again though to my Trevor Lawrence. And Scott, just for reference, do you know about how many points per game you're projecting Davis Mills? I'm around about 13.7 for Mills. And uh, I'd have to and right now, Trevor Lawrence, the, the player I'm gonna feature here is our final short thing sleeper of the week, August end of summer edition. Um, I got Trevor Lawrence for around uh, 17 points per game. Better coach, better weapons. Travis Etienne out of the backfield now. Improved offensive line. Brandon Sheriff coming over from Washington. Um, And and I just think it's a very favorable schedule for them as well. They're opening up against the Commanders on the road, and then they come back home to face the Colts. Um, And Trevor Lawrence, guys, he's more mobile than we we give credit for as well. 334-2 and on the ground last season. So, uh I like Trevor Lawrence here. I have him, like I said, projected for about 17 points per game this season. Just over 4,000 yards, 23 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. I like the Trevor Lawrence call. He's another one in that same group where it's just like, so so now he's trash? Like, he had Urban Meyer as his coach as a rookie, and he struggled with Jacksonville. Like, I think he's, I think he's a, a steal in drafts right now. He has way more upside than Davis Mills. Um Let's see. Where do I have Trevor at? I have him at 18 points a game. 18 points okay. per game is where I have him. So and you, then so you're higher than I am on him. Wow. A little, a little tiny bit. And mm-hmm. Davis Mills, I have at 13 points per game. Yep. Yep. So Again, we're, we're, we're close. Yeah. I'm going to be going back. You know, these projections that we work on together. Um, I'm going to need to go back through them. This was kind of my first run through. It's just hard to balance, like getting it done with like everything that happens during the preseason, but that's roughly probably where they'll be. Um, I mean, I like Davis Mills where he's going as like a QB two or three in Superflex. But if we're if we're talking like potential for you know a QB one season, then then I'm taking Trevor Lawrence a mm-hmm. hundred times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- absolutely. And I, and I believe Trevor Lawrence right now is going um, QB. I think he's uh, QB seventeen right now in ESPN drafts, which is a little higher than I've been seeing going in some recent drafts, but. Still, I mean, this is a back end of the draft guy you can scoop up if you're if you're punching a quarterback or if you want to pair him with like a Trey Lance and roll out Trevor Lawrence week one against the Washington Commanders. That's something I could recommend, honestly. I think I think Lawrence is going to be a value, especially in Superflex as well. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I'm concerned that Trevor Lawrence is going to end up being a major bust, but I haven't completely I, lost hope. I think see, I want to see him with Doug Peterson. I want to see him with Doug Peterson. The situation's great though. Like when you when you look at when you look at Trevor Lawrence's situation in Jacksonville as far as receivers go, it is better than almost any second year quarterback. I'd rather have Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, um, Marvin Jones Jr., and LaVisca. I'd rather have all four of those guys over the the receivers in New England, the receivers in Chicago, the receivers in Houston. Um I like I like that receiving core a lot. I think that's real solid. The receiving not, co- not Sam Fran. No, not Sam Fran. Yes, yes, yes. You're you're right on that one. The receiving um, core is fine. Their offensive line, I mean, they yeah, they brought in Brandon Scherf. They didn't get that much better. He's still going to be running for his life. This is a team where I'm excited about the fact that James Robinson is back at camp, apparently at full strength. Yeah, I I think Travis Etienne's still the one to own there, though. I don't. Oh, okay. This is okay. This is gonna be a conversation for another day. <laughs> Um, I, I like ETN yeah, he's, a lot. He's one of those polarizing players, ETN, for sure. He is. Yeah. I mean, it's I funny. All, I don't know what all the hype's about. He had like zero yards rushing last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I'm an I'm an ETN guy. I know he dances around. I know he doesn't have yeah. the best vision. I know there are knocks on dude, his game, but Peter, I think he's going to be all over the field. Peterson's a committee guy. I I think Travis Etienne's a player he's never had before. I think it's. I think he's. I think he's Miles Sanders. No, okay. Miles Sanders. All right. Yeah. yeah. We'll um, see. We'll see. Well, guys, I just think I think Lawrence. I mean, yeah, he he might be a bust, but like it's just it's so difficult. It is um, with with specifically what the Jaguars went through last year was fairly unprecedented mm. as far as the situation they were all in. It's not to mean you have to just ignore anything that's happening currently and just chalk it all up to that. But I do tend to give everybody a little bit of a pass mm-hmm. for the way last year transpired. Well, I said that- a quarterback that had the hype that now hype doesn't equal talent. Hype doesn't equal production, but sure. it's the same deal. It's like he was coming into the league as this, like one of the high, most highly touted quarterbacks mm-hmm. and he had a bad year under a narcissistic, he- awful head coach. And it's like, now he's QB 18. It's like, wow. Well, Seth and I, we talked about this on the last show that basically we have to look at this Jacksonville team like last year never happened. I don't care about their numbers. I don't care about where we projected them or where they finished because it was such a mess. It was like their senior season in college and now they're all rookies again because Urban Meyer was such a shit show. All right, guys, we are we are running a little bit over time here. I appreciate I appreciate I appreciate the great back and forth tonight. A lot of great discussion on both sides. Almost every player we talked about. Um, once again, if you did enjoy this video tonight, um, please like and subscribe to our channel here in between media. We're weekly, uh, still on Wednesdays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Audio version drops on iTunes and Spotify and all the other platforms you can get it tomorrow. Um, so make sure you guys check that out. Um, we'll be back here just next week to give a little more information on what we got going on here at IBT this summer and moving forward into the season. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. 